0: following podcast is a production of the network check us out on bicbp-radio.com do you trust the process do you respect the process football is back. Processors, get excited. We have a game that we can recap. We have games on Thursday. We have games on Saturday. We are in full swing. August is over with. We're into September. I can smell the leaves. I can taste the cider. I can feel the Warmth of a nice flannel sweatshirt. I'm ready for football. And it's finally ready for us. So what we have for you today, and by we, unfortunately, I mean just me, because our good friend Ryan is in the midst of moving. Ryan is relocating to Big 12 country. He's going to be a little outside of Baylor University so he'll be smack dab in the heart of Texas football and uh, hopefully they'll give us a little inside track in those schools. It'll be kind of cool because uh, if we're being honest up here in Western New York uh, there's there's not a lot of college guys to uh, really the uh, scope out this year especially with uh, the fact that Mac has canceled that season so that means UB is not playing and there's no other universities around here we're talking about. But what well, we have this uh, on the docket for today is just um, recapping what happened on uh, last week, and uh, looking ahead and uh, giving a quick primer for uh, what what you can expect going forward this college football season. Uh I think um, the conferences we're looking at today, they're uh, they're not upper echelon, you know. They're uh, definitely not uh, what you would call elite programs, but you'll get a few players uh, every now and then out of these schools that can hang around and be, uh, you know, special team contributors and practice squad eligible players and. Things like that as far as the uh, next level goes. So what we had earlier this week, or last week, uh, we already had one game played, and it was Austin P. and it was Central Arkansas. And I don't have a single player to tell you about them. That's okay, because... It was football. And if you watched it, you liked it, it was a little sloppy, but it was football. And for a while there, it didn't seem like any football was going to happen. So we'll take any football we can get. Coming up on Thursday on ESPN3, Central Central Arkansas is back at it again. This time they're playing UAB at 8 o'clock. And then you got South Alabama taking on Southern Miss on CBS Sports. That's all on Thursday. Nothing too big. You know, but once again, it's football. It's college football. It's real guys laying it on the line, banging into each other. Guys that probably won't contribute at the next level. But definitely something i'm going to look forward to tuning into then on saturday we get into a real full swing here we got some uh i guess you could call them a step up in conference play you have some conference usa teams some ohio valley teams and uh a, cu- a couple independent teams as well as the uh, american athletic conference all gan- getting after it you got Eastern Kentucky and Marshall at 1 o'clock in ESPN. You know, Marshall can give you a few uh, players here and there. Then you got Middle Tennessee State taking on Army. Army's been real tough program lately to play. Excuse me. Uh, not that uh, they're producing a lot of pro players, but it's a system you got to respect. Uh, they're going to grind it out all four quarters. Uh, they play real tough on the line of scrimmage. You know, real battle in the trenches kind of team. Uh, Got to respect uh, all the options and stuff they're gonna throw at you. Then at 4:30, you have SMU, a real old school for people that remember, real old school college football program, uh, taking on Texas State, and they're favored by a lot, about 21 and a half points, and that's at 4:30 on ESPN. And you got Louisiana Monroe taking on Troy. Oh, I'm sorry, that's actually been postponed. Um, but uh, we got Houston Baptist taking on North Texas, and at 7:30. And we got Arkansas State taking on Memphis. Memphis is favored by 19. That's at 8 o'clock on ESPN. I'll definitely be tuning into that. Memphis puts out some good players. Um, you know, they get they get some real good. Uh, Prospects coming out of there. Um, I think that's probably the biggest game of the night. Uh, Stephen F. Austin and UTEP are going to tip off, or tip off, kickoff at 9 o'clock on Saturday. And then we got a Monday night standalone, all by themselves, banger. Got BYU and Navy. Navy's uh, actually favored in this one. That's uh, gonna be an eight o'clock kickoff on Monday. I think uh I think that's just about uh, where we should start. We should start with these, you know, fledgling outside the normal realm, the top tier teams to get us primed for next week. Because next week is when you start seeing the ACC teams kick off, and uh, eventually we're gonna get some SEC teams kicking off And... I think Big 12 kicks up next week, too. So definitely have uh, some stuff to look at there. So what I have for you right here is a few players to look at. Um, like I said, I wasn't, I'm not trying to uh, be a Debbie Downer on these conferences, obviously. These kids are excited to be playing for the, any university. So, um, you know, some of them are going to battle to stay on their own rosters. They're going to battle to make it into the uh, uh combine or, you know, get invites to do some uh, on on-site for team practices, things like that. But uh one guy that definitely stands out is uh Shane Bukley from SMU. Uh, Bukley led the AAC AAC, in passing yards per game with 302. He had 34 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. And uh, his accuracy was a bit of a kind of a touch-and-go kind of situation. Uh, His on-target rate was around 62%, which was second best in the conference behind Memphis' Brady White. Uh, Bukley uh, can really chuck it down the field. On uh, passing yards, or on passing plays of 10 air yards or more, he had a rating of 127.6. That's pretty good. And then he had a touchdown rate of 12.4 and an interception rate of only 1.7. And among 84 FBS quarterbacks who throw at least 100 passes of air yards or more, Buckley's touchdown rate ranked 10th, tied with Trevor Lawrence who you guys know and everyone should know as being probably the number one pick in the draft this year and uh his touchdowns or interception rate obviously was incredibly low and uh that put him at eighth and then uh, he's got a really good wide receiver he's able to throw to Reggie roberson uh Reggie is a terrific route runner uh, yeah injured last year and he missed the final five games. But uh, while playing in eight games, Roberson still managed to finish second on, S- on SMU in receptions with 43 and receiving yards, 103. He'd been averaging 5.4 catches and over 100 yards per game before he was injured. And uh, Roberson had a drop rate of 10%. And uh kind of like to see that go down a little bit. Uh, he cut that number much more tolerable six percent before he was injured so it was getting he was getting more consistent as seen with uh bringing in the ball so between the quarterback and that wide receiver i'm sure smu's on their way to having a a real strong uh season then you got kenneth gainwell the running back for memphis and uh the last running back to come out of Memphis that everyone knows is uh, Daryl Henderson. So Kenneth Gainwell replaced Daryl Henderson. And uh, last year, he uh, in the first two games, he rushed for 162. But then in the next six consecutive games, he had at least 100 yards rushing. And he finished the year with 1,459. That put him at 104 rushing yards per game and to go with that was 13 touchdowns. And he's a pretty good pass catcher. He had 51 catches for 610 yards with three touchdowns. So I definitely think that he's going to be able to build on what he did last year and uh, put his name out there as one of the stronger uh, players in the conference. He's got a teammate at wide receiver, DeMonte Coxie, ov- obviously still from uh, Memphis, uh there's a ton of good receivers in the acc and uh coxie enters the 2020 season uh with a chance to lead the league for sure uh he finished third in the aac receiving yards per game with 91 he pulled in 71 catches i'm sorry 76 catches for a little over 1200 yards and nine touchdowns coxie was uh handful after the catch that's kind of what he's known for is uh He's uh, real strong, uh, powerful, and uh, he did a real good job of making plays happen after he got the ball. Uh, there's one other player in the conference I'd like to mention. You got Diego Fagat. He's a linebacker for Navy. And Navy definitely can produce um, some unique athletes. Uh, Fagat is definitely a guy that made his name on special teams Um but uh, he also plays pretty strong in defense and uh, he had a hundred tackle 106 tackles last year and he also um, had 50 of those be solo tackles so m- almost half just about half his t- uh, tackles were solo tackles so he's, you can tell that he's real sure real strong uh, with his tackles uh, moving on Um There's a good safety coming out of Middle Tennessee. You know, Middle Tennessee produces some pretty good secondary players. And uh, his name is uh, Reed Blankenship. He's a senior. And since uh, entering as a freshman, uh, he was named all-freshman team when he started in 9 of 13 games his freshman year. And he finished fourth on his own team that year with 68 tackles and two interceptions to go with it. So he took his opportunity, really made the best of it, and uh, then he built that into uh, being able to play in 12 of 13, or starting in 12 of 13 games for as a sophomore. He led the defense with 107 tackles, and he upped his interceptions to four. Uh, his best game came against Old Dominion, where he had 17 tackles. Good grief. A sack three tackles for loss, a pick six from 100 yards out, and he earned ESPN's number two spot on the plays of the day for that week. Interesting. Um, I got all this information from uh, draft diamonds. Last year as a junior, Reed earned second team all-conference USA, uh, but he only played in seven games. He finished the year fourth in tackles with 58. So definitely coming in as a senior, um, he's going to look to stay healthy, and uh, you know really make a, a strong push uh, going forward here into the his final year, and then as he builds towards his pro career. And then we got a another safety prospect, Kyle Hemby. Uh, Kyle went to, oh, I'm sorry. Southern Mississippi. Uh he's a Golden a- Eagle and uh he earned second team all conference honors as a redshirt sophomore. And he finished second in the nation for interceptions per, per game with a half an interception a game. It's pretty impressive. Uh he picked off passes in four straight games. And he tallied 51 tackles on the year, and he had 38 of those be tackles for losses. So definitely a guy that you can use uh, down in the box. A guy that can uh, bring out the edge and uh, try and wreak as much havoc as possible. So not being Power 5, these schools, um, like I said, they are hit and miss a little bit when it comes to prospects that are real prominent and um you know they're gonna struggle at times to uh beat the bigger schools but maybe they don't play as many bigger schools this year seeing as this is such a weird year so that's what we got going on this week you know you have a a few games to start looking forward to and uh you know he's uh Ryan's going to be missed, but he'll be back soon. And uh, coming up, we have a pretty interesting show, um, a guy that I definitely try and gather as much knowledge from. I pick his brain constantly in Twitter, and uh, I'm sure you guys will enjoy him too. Um, I think that uh, as we get more into the college football season, we'll start pulling in a few more guests here and there. And uh, trying to get the lowdown on who's standing out, who's uh maybe dropping off a bit, and um, yeah, football's back. It feels weird, actually. It kind of snuck up on me. It seemed like we were waiting forever and ever and ever, and then all of a sudden, boom, here we are, and it's it's uh you know college football time. And once it's college football time, it's then draft time, and it's a never-ending cycle. So, am going to keep this one a little short. Um, kind of a, a weird week. And then um, I think we'll just come back strong next week for a real big heavy hitter when we get into ACC play, Big 12 play, and uh, the big boys start bringing it. So, uh, keep on processing that process, processors. Hope that's not too many p- p- puss for you. And uh, take it easy. We'll catch you later. Do you trust the process? Do you respect the process? What's up, processors? It's your boy, Brian Finch here doing a little solo project um got some free time here in the podcast precinct so i decided why not uh start looking at some 2021 individual prospects and uh start releasing them in some sort of a series of uh early early draft outlook so the best way to start with that i would think is with the proposed number one overall pick trevor lawrence now First thing you need to know about Trevor Lawrence is he technically doesn't have to come out. Uh it will be in his best interest to come out, but I could see him maybe staying in a year, uh, get three full years, you know, under his belt of you know legit status in the league or in the conference. So let's just go over some of his uh categories here that he falls into uh obviously plays quarterback for clemson he's six six, around 220 uh g- great athlete uh immediately that's what jumps out um he's not gonna blow you away with the speed but he he has enough t- a shimmy and shake and he's enough uh burst and uh you know good vision when he's got the ball in his hands to uh to threaten you so he's definitely a, a new style quarterback but uh What he brings to you as just a pure passer is uh, definitely um, he's accurate, uh, sees the field very well, Uh, pretty good anticipation thrower, probably could be a little better. Um, You would anticipate that to get better as time goes on. I think that uh, he really does a good job of giving his teammates opportunities to make plays. Uh, i like his trust of his receivers and the 50 50 balls i really think that uh you know he's he's got a good mindset about him um he's he's aggressive uh willing to take chances down the field uh he'll definitely you know put his body in the line he'll stay in there in the pocket he'll take a hit um you know he's he's a true uh general out there he's still young like i said he's he's got more time left that he could come back and uh, keep playing for another year, even after this this after this after year. But uh, just based on what we already know of him, he's led his team to back-to-back uh, championship game appearances, one loss, one win. And uh, in both of them, he looked pretty good at times. Uh, definitely struggled against LSU last year, but I'm not going to hold that against him. Uh, a lot of guys probably would have struggled with that loaded defense they had over there on LSU. Uh, what else do I got here? Well, he, when he feels confident in his read, he'll, he'll definitely try and buy time to try and get the ball to that guy. Um, he, he, you would like to see him move off his route, you know, his first read quicker, but at the same time, he's got a gifted arm, um, good ball placement, so you could see how he trusts that first read and that he's going to be able to deliver the ball to him. The other thing he's got going for him is Clemson has wide receivers that come in all the time out of high school. They're just ready to go, superstars, you know, studs. And when you're playing with that kind of talent, uh, you, you feel that they're always going to get open, and you feel like you can always bite a little time to see if, you know, they'll, they'll get open and, and work to the space and uh, you'll be able to get the ball to them. But uh, NFL is going to be different. NFL, you know, those the players on the other side of the ball, they're a lot better than potentially that Duke defense you're going against or that North Carolina defense you're going against. So, yeah, def- definitely anticipate him having to work on that. Um, I don't know really what else. Um to be scared of with him right now he's about as clean of a prospect as I can remember um watching on film for quite a while uh Andrew Luck-esque just good athlete good arm strength definitely understands how to lead a team definitely understands how to read a defense you know like I said, anticipation thrower. He he can do a lot of stuff for you. So he's gonna make somebody really happy at one. I don't I don't really see any other quarterbacks sneaking up there and uh, snagging that one spot away from Trevor Lawrence if he decides to enter the draft. Which monetarily, definitely a wise decision. So I think that's what we're gonna see in 2021. Uh, the ACC's playing a schedule all within their own conference, so they have a a mix of some decent defenses to not-so-great defenses, and Trevor probably won't get challenged the same way that you normally would if he was to be able to play a full schedule and be able to play against uh, a playoff schedule, you know, going up against an Ohio State or going up against, you know, an Alabama. We're we're not sure if that's going to get to happen or not. Definitely would love to because – Any time that you can get a better look at a guy playing against a top-tier defense, you'll take it. So I think that's all I got for Trevor Lawrence. More is going to develop. We're definitely going to get some games under our belts here in a little bit. So uh, that's just what I was thinking off the top of my head for the the first uh, prospect uh, preview, I guess we'll call it. So uh, thanks for tuning in. We're going to keep these short, try and keep them under 10 minutes for you. And I uh, will just uh, release them periodically to you. So uh, keep on tuning in to Processing the Process. And uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook page and everywhere else that you want to enjoy some pretty good college football and NFL draft knowledge. All right, folks. Take it easy. Go! i'm taking my wings and going is this wings (laughs) who wants some hot wings warning seven Wings six features food-based stunts and stupid performances either by the professionals or under the supervision of trained professionals to ensure that these hot wings are eaten correctly according to the bicbp and the producers must insist that no one Attempts to recreate or unknowingly eat any of these hot wings. Infernal and suicide wings are no joke. Leave it to the professional idiots that do these stunts and activities. Watch Seven Wings Six. Seven Wings Six, what will we do next? Whatever the we want.